Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you as we are in the midst of the holiday season. I hope it is going great for you. Um, You know, as I was approaching this series and our Christmas series, there was a word that stood out to me, and it was the word rejoice, the idea of having joy again, coming back to joy, uh, a weary world rejoicing. And, and I, I think there's something in that, because I think for a lot of us, we are weary, uh, as Pastor Brandon mentioned last week. That's how we're kind of we're coming out of some very wearying times and this idea of being able to have joy again and to have peace again and to have hope again, to rejoice. I, I think there's, there's something in that because uh, for so many of us, we, we've lost some of that. But in the midst of that loss, Jesus invites us to return, to rejoice, to return to the genuine, timeless indestructible joy of Christmas. And that is a message that comes to us amidst our very real world problems, certainly true in our lives, but also true of a young girl named Mary that we read about in Scripture, whose story we will engage today. Maybe you know parts of this story, maybe not in fullness, but in the Gospels, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is given news as this young girl about favor from God that will bring her great joy. And that certainly is what will take place and that she's going to bear God's son, Emmanuel. Uh, That is joyful news, but scripture also shows us that joy can be a gift that comes wrapped in unattractive paper. (laughs) Certainly true for Mary. Mary, at the time of that declaration, was betrothed. meant she was committed in the same way as we would be committed in marriage to one another, barring the intimate relationship associated with that. And that became a little bit problematic because an angel appears and says, hey, Mary, great news, you're going to have a baby and he's going to be great. It's going to be God's son. And for Mary, I think her first response would be, well, that's terrific. I love the idea of God's favor, but just one point of clarification. Now, I'm no expert, but usually something happens prior to babies and that hasn't happened with me And so how does that work? And the angel's like, don't worry. This is the best part. It's all going to happen through God's Holy Spirit. Oh, good (laughs) for Mary. Great. God's Holy Spirit is going to make that happen. That, That helps a lot. And so in one moment, we can understand the joy around what God is doing, but also the fear of trying to explain what God is doing. I mean, that's not the best excuse to bring to your parents, right? Can you imagine sitting them down with that little nugget? Mom and Dad, I just want you to know I'm pregnant. They're overcome with shock, anger. Finally, they're able to work through to ask the question, well, who's the father, Mary? 
Mary says, hey, that's a really good question. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. His, his name's pretty easy to spell, actually. Only three letters, not like that Methuselah kid I dated. Uh, no, just the, the father of this child is G-O-D, God. And if her parents were anything like us, I think they would be having a bit of a tough sell there. Why don't you just go to your room for a while, Mary, and think about it, and then come out and tell us who the real father is. See, often God's joy comes wrapped in unattractive paper. For Mary, favor looked like a scandal. It looked like pain. It looked like uncertainty. Yet it was the conduit for God's joy. And Mary shows us the kind of trust that she has in God by finally responding with this simple and profound statement. And it's this, I'm the Lord's servant. May his words be fulfilled. I belong to God. Whatever God says is what I want. She said yes to an uncertain path in order to trust God's certain joy. And Mary invites us to do the same. In fact, she does so in this beautiful declaration, this response from her heart that we now know as Mary's song in Scripture. And it's from that song that we will see some powerful insights into joy. Insights that only someone who has found joy amidst difficulty can fully express. Insights about the amazing way God actually produces joy from hard things. And the first thing we get to learn is this. We return to joy when we trust God's wisdom. We return to joy when we trust God's wisdom. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 is where we start. Let's read it together right where you are. Big voices go. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I love this picture of God's wisdom that, that Mary is pointing out. It's, God, you, you see my humble state, but you're still inviting me to this great thing. How amazing are you, God? I'm a nobody, and yet in you I'm going to be somebody. And that is true for every person that would hear this message. God knows all that we are not, yet still sees all that we can be. God knows my humble state. God knows your humble state. Yet still, God wants to, loves to use you to be a part of his kingdom coming. I wouldn't choose me, but yet God still does. So what do we do? Well, as Mary, my soul can glorify, my spirit can then rejoice. Now, this doesn't mean all of Mary's questions were answered. I mean, how do you anticipate giving birth to the living God? She must have had so many questions. I think one of them would be, God, if it's possible, since this one's yours, could we just like not have to go through the whole labor thing? Just kind of, you know, just he's just out, you know, no pain. That would be nice. But I've, I'd have other questions. If, if this is going to be God's son, it'd be like, well, will my baby be, be able to fly? That'd be cool. You know, that'd be a nice thing. Will I try to discipline this child, and will he smite me if I do that? I mean, just try to put Jesus on a timeout. And Jesus is like, actually, I live outside of time, so you, you can't do that. I mean, it's complicated. 
right? So many questions. And yet Mary simply trusted God's wisdom. I glorify you. You see me and you know me. And so I trust. Here's the reminder. I don't have to know how it's done as long as I know whose I am. I don't have to know how it's done as long as I know whose I am. And Mary know whose she was. Mary's wisdom was to rejoice in the God who loves her. Essentially saying that I, I don't fully understand everything that's going on, but I know who loves me. I know God. I belong to God. I trust God, and that's enough. It was enough for Mary. It can be enough for you. I mean, isn't that great wisdom? See, knowledge comes from many sources, but wisdom only comes from God. Last year on my birthday, uh, one of our pastoral residents, Eric Morris, he, he got me this gift. It was the gift of Catanio Brothers beef jerky from San Luis Obispo. I had talked about that jerky being an annual Christmas present for us in my family growing up. It was shipped to us from Southern California. My father had worked at that factory, that place as a teenager. Horrible place to work, but what they created was the stuff of carnivore heaven to me. It actually came delivered in a little pine box, not like a coffin, but just this little square pine box for shipping. And most years for us growing up, that jerky would be gone by the day after Christmas. <laughs> but the pine box would remain. And in the days and weeks later, we would grab that box and smell it because even though the jerky was long gone, it carried that intoxicating scent. The scent of, of, of smoke and meats and marinades and spices. Oh, we would just inhale that aroma. It created what to us was the greatest jerky on the planet. And that was always part of our Christmas. See, you can get jerky from a lot of places, but for us there was only one place you could get that jerky. That's what Eric was kind enough to get for me for my birthday this year. And so when I opened it, I had emotion. Because this was more than dehydrated meat, it was distilled memory. I relived it. That's the difference that God brings to us between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom goes to this far deeper place in us. God's wisdom does. Knowledge comes from many sources, but wisdom only comes from God. Mary knew that she was facing something that surpassed her knowledge, any human knowledge. She's got to comprehend, I'm a virgin and I am pregnant with the Son of God. That is a mind-blowing thought. So what did Mary do? She determined to move beyond knowledge and seek the source of wisdom. Maybe <clears throat> when we are in a circumstance that might seem hard to figure out, hard to understand, hard to know what to do, could we allow Mary to remind us not to just settle for what we can understand, but instead seek the peace that goes beyond understanding? Our knowledge is, is just a sliver. Yet when we're close to God, God can actually bring us wisdom, just like God did with Mary. The God who said, I see you. And Mary said, because you see me, I trust you. I may not see all, but I trust you know what you're doing.
That was the wisdom that Mary found, and that wisdom produced joy. In fact, it was good news of great joy. Because we return to joy when we trust God's wisdom. So maybe we can learn to do that. That's the first thing. Secondly, we return to joy when we trust God's promise. Trust God's promise. The passage goes on. Luke 1, verse 49. Let's read it. Big voices. Go. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. The promise that Mary held on to is that even though this, this circumstance is weird, it's strange, it's difficult, that, that she's now going to be seen every day as there goes that girl, you know, what happened to Mary. And, but she sings here in this song of a day beyond today. A future believing that even this crazy circumstance is going to work out well. It may take a while. There's going to be a lot of roads to walk. Uh, it's, it's not just about getting to the birth of Jesus, but then there's, there's living his life and raising him. And then there's, there's his teaching and then the arrest and the crucifixion and finally the resurrection. But there's a lot of pain and uncertainty along the way. Lots of things in that moment that would make you want to say, you know what, this is not going to end well. I'm sure Mary felt that at times. And it makes you wonder when Mary found herself Witness to Christ on the cross, her son on the cross. Witness to that graphic, cruel, unimaginable event. I wonder if she remembered this part of her song. Generations will call me blessed. God has done great things for me. I wonder if she remembered that in that moment. I wonder if she said, I remember that part of the song, God. You told me this, you promised me this, and right now in this moment, it does not look like that. I wonder if that's how Mary walked through it. I, I think that's how I would walk through it. But then maybe right in that moment, Mary chose to remember the song and to trust what God had said to her. Maybe that's what allowed her to be present there. To not run away from the pain, but to walk through it. It seems possible that Mary still knew and believed and understood that her song wasn't over, even as she stood at the foot of the cross. That she still believed in the promise of her song given to her so many years ago. She still believed that generations to come will call me blessed. And that God has done great things for me. And so I, I think maybe the word that Mary would give to each of us today is this. No matter what you're walking through, your song's not over. <laughs> your song's not over. So keep walking. It's like, you know, Dory of Finding Nemo theology. Just keep swimming. Keep going. Persevere today so that you can see the fruit of tomorrow. God is doing great things. Today is God is calling you blessed, which means God's best tomorrow can still be reached from our most difficult today. But like Mary, we have to choose to keep singing his song. You know, my, my wife, she loves to do mean things to me. 
is, you know, kind of how she rolls, part of our love language. And at times she has uh, found me in the house somewhere, and she'll just come by singing a song, just a random song, because she knows she can infect me with any song if she just sings it near me. And she'll leave, and she'll kind of get out of the way and then watch that moments later, I'll just find myself, suddenly I'm singing, you can tell by the way I use my walk, I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. You know, that just bubbles out. And I don't know why it's there. I know it's because she planted it there and she's giggling. Because songs stick, right? They, they infect us. I find it fascinating that one of the gifts that God gives to Mary when all this begins is a song. It was a song to remind her of a good future, of a magnificent hope. God wanted that truth to stick, so he gave it to Mary in a song. And friends, that is a song that God has also given to you. A song of a good future and a magnificent hope. The question then is, will you let that song stick? Will it play in your heart even when it's difficult, even when it's cloudy? When it's dark, will you keep singing that song until the dawn finally breaks? Sometimes it's not that God's song of joy is unavailable to us, it's that we have stopped singing. So will you keep singing? There are those times when we stop proclaiming God's promised future amidst our present trouble. And Mary invites each of us to sing again, to hope again, to believe again, to rejoice, to have joy again. Because we return to joy when we trust God's promise. That's the second thing. Here's the last thing. We return to joy when we trust God's justice. Let's finish out this part of the passage. Big voices go. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. It seems to be a part of Mary's joy that she would find an understanding of God's justice. Seems like that part of Mary's joy was that she would find this understanding of God's justice. For Mary, knowing that, yeah, there's going to be some difficulty here and, and she's going to walk down the street and people are going to whisper and they're going to point at me and they may even say some cruel things. And Mary didn't even know ultimately the difficulty that she would face, not just giving birth in a stable, which is weird on its own, but watching your son live to be falsely accused and arrested and tortured and murdered. That is a painful life. But what we see here is that Mary understood that God would always balance those scales and that she wouldn't have to be the one to do it. That whatever pain she walked through would be countered in some way, in some time, by God's great grace. That the day would come when her mourning would be replaced with dancing. 
And we know that that day did come, at least to some extent, on the third day when Jesus rose again, that she did see justice from unbearable pain to unspeakable joy. Mary saw justice. This is how God helps us navigate all the circumstances of our life, knowing ultimately that there is nowhere that God's arm does not reach, which means there is no place that God can't reach you in your circumstance. As Mary came to finally understand the full expression of God's redemption in Jesus, I wonder if she thought about this stanza in her song, God's justice leading her to great joy. Justice can do that. We, we just love the feeling of justice, don't we? Reminds me of a story of a man in Australia who, at that time in his life, he was living kind of a life of crime. He decided he wanted to steal some gas from a big RV. You know, they have lots of gas, so man, that'll be great. I can get a bunch of fuel from this. And so these giant fuel tanks, and he sneaks up with the hose and has his gas can out and puts the hose into the tank and begins sucking, you know, on the hose to get the liquid out. And as he's beginning that siphoning process, he realizes that it's not in the fuel tank, it's in the sewage tank. <laughs> There's a certain kind of justice in that that makes us smile. Yes, that's justice. Justice does that for us, doesn't it? It's like the end of the movie when, when, when finally things are resolved. We go, yes. That, that, that feels right. It makes us happy. Things are, 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 have come full circle. That, that's the kind of justice that Mary's song is talking about. See, there is a joy that's found in justice, and that justice is found in God. This is not a promise that life will always be fair to us. No, Jesus, as we know, promises just the opposite. John 16, in this world you'll have trouble. It's a guarantee, but here's the justice. He also promises, don't be afraid, I've overcome that world. That whatever circumstance you are facing today, Jesus does not want you to face it alone. Meaning he doesn't want you to face it without him and his justice. So we get to trust Jesus to do what we can't, to do what's impossible for us and trust that ultimately God sees you and that God will balance the scales. And when that happens on that day, there will be joy because we return to joy when we trust in God's justice. I'll wrap up with this. I was um, actually... Uh, had my grandson Bo in my lap, and and it was early in the morning one day, and and um, we were watching YouTube. Well, he was sleeping. I was watching YouTube, and I encountered this story of a teenage young man. Uh, he's a guitar player, and his birthday was in the spring, and his father had wanted to invest in his music and his musicianship, but sadly his father had passed away suddenly just a few months prior to that. So on his birthday, this young man was told to go to the music store. And uh, his mom is filming as the, the workers there bring out his dream guitar. It's a Gibson Flying V. And uh, 
she tells him that before your dad died, he put this gift on layaway for you, for your birthday. She said that even though your dad wasn't here to give you this, this gift comes from him. And you watch as this young man, teenager, long hair, Metallica t-shirt, maybe tough looking in some ways, he melts into a puddle of tears because nothing would keep his father from delivering on his promise. Friend, nothing will keep your heavenly father from delivering on his promise to you. And part of that promise is a promise of joy. The circumstances of life do not always play out the way we think or hope they would. Yet even those circumstances that seem to us, they're impossible to understand. They do not have to disconnect us from God's love. And perhaps even more surprising is the fact that many of our circumstances, when met with genuine trust in Jesus, they can lead us to experience genuine joy. Even on this side of it all being worked out, that's the joy that God wants us to return to, to rejoice, to have joy again, because God longs to be with us, to meet us. Mary's song teaches us that. So, so today we can know that regardless of, of where you find yourself, the hope of Christ in this Advent season, and really in every season, is knowing that when we trust in God's wisdom, and we trust in God's promise, and we trust in God's justice, the outcome is the presence of God's joy. So, my encouragement, let's trust for that joy together. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com, or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.